It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Louise Crooks, your Keys to Clarity coach on KTC Radio or Keys to Clarity Radio. And um, I am very excited about our show tonight. Um, It's going to be a very juicy topic where we really get a chance to understand how we can create powerful relationships, whether it's personally or professionally. And, um, you know, speaking to my audience, which tends to be more the solopreneur, the S-O-U-L, Opreneur who's in service to others, you know, this is a wonderful topic, you know, in, in terms of understanding how we can create um, powerful and long-lasting relationships with um, potential clients or clients that we have already. So I'm really excited. This is, um, the topic is law of connection, the science of using NLP to create ideal personal and professional relationships. And I'm very excited to introduce to you this evening our um, esteemed guest who's been on the show before and comes from the fame of Law of Attraction, the book that he wrote a couple of years ago and has now written a new book called The Law of Attraction. So I want to introduce to you none other than Michael Lozier. Welcome, Michael. Hey, how are you? That's that's (laughs) probably a rhetorical question, isn't it? (laughs) I'm doing really well and I'm very excited that you're here this evening and um, it's wonderful to have you back on the show. I don't don't often have guests come back a second time, but you know when they have such a powerful message, um, yeah, I'm very excited to to do that. Okay, oh, um, so I just want to let you. everyone know, Michael, a little bit about your background um, okay. for those who haven't uh, haven't heard you speak before. So Michael is um, Michael Lozier lives in beautiful Victoria, BC, um, on Canada's west coast. That's near Vancouver. And he's the author of the best-selling book, Law of Attraction, The Science of Attracting More of, you want, more of What You Want and Less of What You Don't Want, and Law of Connection, his latest book. In 2003, after delivering over 700 hours of teleclasses and hundreds of one-on-one Law of Attraction coaching sessions, Michael combined his Law of Attraction teaching experience with his knowledge of NLP, which is neuro- neuro-linguistic programming. The end result was a self-published book, Law of Attraction, which went on to sell over a quarter of a million copies as a self-published book. Together with his new publisher in New York, Law of Attraction is now published in 28 languages around the world, Law of Connection in 18 and growing. A copy of Michael's book is being sold every three minutes. Michael's teaching of Law of Attraction caught the attention of Oprah Winfrey, and was subsequently interviewed four times on her radio show, Oprah and Friends, on XM Radio. Michael went on to host his own radio show on Oprah and Friends. Such a wonderful accomplishment, Michael. Thank you. And following the success of Law of Attraction, Michael's new book, Law of Connection, explains why people connect with others and why they don't, and most importantly, how they can if they are not. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is going to be such a great topic, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome again. Well, thank you. Well, good. So law of connection, you know, the first thing people ask me is, is it really a law? Well, it's like mm. rules, right? Mm. My, my uh, publisher called it law of attraction. I said, well, they're rules. If you follow these rules or if you follow the law, then you can connect better with other people. You know, a lot of the premise about my book is about staying in rapport with people, rapport meaning relationship. You know, so I'm going to ask a little quiz. It's for you and for everybody else. So I want to hear your answers. Here's the first question. Okay. How okay. long does it take to build rapport with somebody? How long could it take? It could be, it could be instant. It could um, be, It could yeah. take a lot of time. Yeah, it could take a few meetings, a, a few visits or whatever, right? So, you know, rapport takes the time to build rapport. And how long does it take to break it? It could be instant. Yes. And how long does it take to repair it? 
um, you might never be able to repair you it. You might never be able to repair it. So you know that I know that you know that I know. <laughs> once somebody <laughs> ticks, once somebody ticks us off, boy, they are done. Really, no matter how much personal development work we do, no matter what processes, if somebody really breaks rapport with us, it's hard to 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 go back and and regain their trust or regain our trust, whatever that might be that broke the rapport. And some people okay. throw their hands up in the air and say, you know, screw you, I'm not touching you, talking to you again. And other people would apologize or, you know, they would do different things to reconnect. But my point is, we all have had it before, whether it's a server in a restaurant or a clerk or a husband or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a teacher or a client or a customer, when that rapport is broken, it's usually done. Can it be repaired? Yes, but it's usually finished. So the premise here is how, we, how do we stay in good rapport with people? And, you know, there's a couple in my book I talk about three conditions for connecting. So the first condition is calibrating. Now, calibrating is an important tool. Calibrating means, uh, and that's with peop- other people, is you would calibrate or check in to see what their mood was before you start having a conversation. So say, for example, if you and I are in a restaurant and we're having a serious conversation about a really serious matter and the server comes over and is all bubbly and calls himself Biff and, you know, and is too jovial, we won't like that. <laughs> so you see how the server, the waiter in that scenario, didn't calibrate to find out our mood and broke rapport with us. And you know what? That will set the tone for many people for the whole evening. Yeah, that's a very interesting insight there, Michael. Yes. And my friend, I have a friend that whenever I have a house party, some people don't like her. And I like her and I can tolerate her, but she's not a very good calibrator. You know, I'll have a house party, we'll be having dinner, and I'll buzz her in and I'll know it's her. And I keep saying to myself, just come in quietly because the room is kind of subdued. We're having a glass of wine. And the door flies open and, hello, lovies. And she's got the boa around her neck and she's such a show off. <laughs> and that's, that is fun, but you need mm-hmm. to calibrate when you can turn it on. So she really should come in and kind of gradually get up to her speed because uh, she breaks rapport with people. So I think you understand the, the position I'm talking about, about calibrating. Yes. It's, yeah, yes. really checking. It's kind of altering one's uh, uh, sort of... Um mood or their state you know in my book i talk and this was a true story i talk about a couple you know a husband and wife couple and uh, the wife gets home from work first and she's very excited she's got some great news to tell her husband but she's learned to calibrate her husband because when he comes home from work he's not in a good mood so good a good calibrator would hold off and say this is not a good time to ask him for something or it's not a good time to share my news because i want him to get excited right so you would use calibration skills there and uh, calibration skills, uh, we need to learn how to do that really well. And for most part, it's observing and, not, and shutting up. In other words, let me observe the crowd. How is the crowd doing here? Is it appropriate to have this conversation? Is it appropriate to be solemn or quiet? Is it appropriate to be really loud and boisterous? In other words, you want to match the energy of the room so you're like the others. So that's a really important step in connecting with others. And it's a great NLP technique is around calibrating. You know, when I do different seminars, you know, I always like to calibrate the room and find out where people are at or how they're doing, or if I'm being interviewed, like with you, uh, or, um, you know, some interviews we're laughing and we're joking, and so I can't do that if the host isn't, you know, if I calibrate it, it's not a good opportunity to do that. So that's everybody's homework is calibrate. In other words, be quiet and check out the mood of the other person so you're not, so you're matching it more closely as opposed to being opposite of their mood. Mm. That's interesting. I have a quick question for you, um, yeah. Michael. Is it possible in doing that that you could change the mood that might have been something else if you, you know, that, that they start to calibrate to you rather than the other way around? Well, I'm thinking about the example of a, you know, a couple getting home from work and one of them's had a bad day and one of them's had a good day. You know, um, the person that had the good day would definitely not want to share their good news when their partner is, you know, kind of not feeling good about their good news or about their day. So there is yeah. a way just to be with them for a while. And, and you could even check and say, you know, I'd love to share something exciting. Is this a good time or do you want to wait for after dinner? 
So you can even ask when when are good times to have different kinds of conversations. Great, great. You know, I know sometimes when I do a a live seminar, you know, I put out a lot of energy. And sometimes at the end of the seminars when, you know, I really encourage people, you're going to get your book signed, do it before the seminar and on the break. Because after the seminar, I'm really tired. And I don't, I tend not to eat, you know, for almost the whole day. Uh, A little bit of protein, but nothing else. So, when I like when I'm done my seminar, I'm a little bit done. So, so I have to, you know, and people don't know that. So I kind of have to, you know, calibrate where they're at to kind of match their thing all, you know, their space and their mood all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is really good, good actually, um, Michael, because it's also something that we get taught in uh, coaching, coaching training. Yes, you know, it's about calibrating to our clients, and I'm sure that a lot of other practitioners out there you know it's a, especially when someone come in, comes into your practice in pain um, yes. it, it, or, or is sad or you know has, um, has is bringing something to the exchange um, yes. it's really important for us to be able to create that safe space and, and yes. um, you know to calibrate to to what's going on for them um, and allowing yes. allowing that initial space to be able yes. to do that so this is especially very especially an enthusiastic coach Right, you know. So if you're too bubbly and too enthusiastic, that could turn people off. I have a quick little story. I know when my dad passed away a couple years ago, my I stayed with my mom for about 30 days, and we'd go shopping, and I took her to church, and we went to different places, and everybody around her would they'd squat in front of her and say, "Oh, Edith, we're so sad to hear about your husband," and and she was becoming really sad about all that. So I, I got her, I, I was teaching her how to respond to that, you know, because people were calibrating that she was sad and lonely. So when they saw her, I would say, so just stand up straight. There's, and you could tell the person coming to them was squatting, you know what I mean by squatting down, they're leaning forward a little bit, as if to console her like she's a little girl. And I said, don't match them. Just keep your, keep your um, strength and your body straight. And when they say sorry, here's your answer: <laughs> is that you know they had a beautiful life together, they got a great family. Mm-hmm. Cedric lived his life to the fullest, and um, I'm glad that you know um, I'm glad that everything happened the way it did, or whatever, right? Yes. So I was, t- and then people match, start matching her her new space and her new mood. <laughs> mm. So it's yeah, that's calibrate. really interesting, very powerful. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and it's also, you know, it's interesting because what you're talking about there is also about, you know, how people create certain expectations that aren't necessarily true. So in calibrating, we can actually calibrate for them to match our um, energy or whatever the mood is that we're creating through managing those expectations like mm-hmm. you just did with your mom. Yes. Very, very cool. Yes. And even with at my dad's funeral parlor, I mean, I wanted to make a whole different experience because, you know, we watched him pass for about 30 days. And mm-hmm. so at mm-hmm. the funeral parlor, we, my sister and I, we asked everybody to bring pictures of them with my dad. And my dad used to play oh, Santa nothing. Claus. Yeah, they used to play Santa Claus. So <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of funny pictures. So and traditionally where I grew up at a funeral parlor, the family's at the door and they greet people like a reception line. And then once they get through the lineup, then they're actually in the funeral parlor where the casket is. And we had, I had taken two big flip chart easels, you know, a trainer. I always have flip chart easels. And we taped, as people came in, my sister stood over there, and she would tape their picture to the wall. And people were laughing and giggling and making fun of themselves with my dad. And people were saying, well, who's that? And we had, everybody would gather around the two pictures. So we're receiving people that are quite sad. They're, they're acting sad for my mother. I don't mean acting sad, but they, they thought that's the right state. And meanwhile, we could hear people laughing behind us. It was so ironic. People were coming in sad. And once they get past my mother and I, they'd go to the next section and they were laughing and giggling about the pictures and so that was an example of knowing how to really calibrate. So it's like, okay, go inside, and then once you get past Michael, we're allowed to laugh again. So, and it was yeah. odd. Isn't for, that interesting, Michael? Because you can really create, you can really um, take some very powerful steps to create that calibration, which yeah. is really interesting. You really did you know, that there. In, yes. Well, it was okay for my mother to experience the sadness, but it wasn't serving everybody else to create more sadness for her. You know, whenever we go somewhere, she's having a good day, and then she'd see somebody, and they would feel sad for her, and, I, you know, it doesn't serve 
people to be sad for other people. Mm. So I did a lot to um, protect my mother around conversations and, you know, even when we were in the hospital about not letting people come in, I just really looked after and maintained positive. But I'm always doing that anyway. But the big joke about the the funerals, that my dad was very popular. We had hundreds of people come to the funeral parlor. So my sister and I, and she's my manager, right, she leans forward. She says, you know, Michael, we should have a table with your books at the back. Well, we laughed over that. and, and, And whenever we got sad, my sister would say, I can go out to the car and get a box of books. And, and my mother would say, Diane, that's enough of that. And, and we were teasing mom that we were going to do it. And so, we, you know, just being very deliberate about where we're putting our attention and, you know, what kind of fun we're having. And, but even though I saw, when I saw my mother in the mornings, uh, I would always calibrate her mood and match it yeah. and then take her out of it if it wasn't a good mood. But, okay, yeah, so we're back to talking. Yes, we're talking about uh, connecting with people, and we're talking about the very uh, very first step here is about calibrating and knowing how to check in with the other person to find out their mood and their space so ideally you can match it. If you're a good calibrator, that's one-third of the equation. Now, the second step is staying in rapport with people. Now, rapport... Uh, or breaking rapport, it's like ticking somebody off. So we open the show talking about that. So that's just, you know, just to me that's being respectful and polite and giving them equal listening time and talking time, like just real good people skills on uh, how to stay in rapport with somebody. But the third part, which is the most important one, we're going to spend the balance of the show talking about that, is understanding how the other person processes information. Ah. And it is the number one rapport breaker <laughs> uh, when we're trying to explain or teach to somebody that we're not matching the way they like to have it delivered. Mm. Now, I'm going to tell you a quick little story, <laughs> and then uh, we're gonna, I'll, I'm going to teach it. So I'm watching Dancing right. with the Stars, right? I'm watching all yeah. that, and they're always showing the, the stars in rehearsal. And I know that you know who yeah. Kate is for John and Kate Plus Eight. So it kept yes, showing yes, her yes. having a breakdown. But, you know, the media did that. And why she was having a breakdown, because she told the, tr- the dancer, she, as her training, she said, you're not teaching me the way I need to learn. And, of course, the media picked on her for that, saying she was being difficult. But he was, he was, he was going left to, like, tapping his foot, and she needed to do it. She said, I need to yes. go left. He said, no, no, just listen. So it was so clear that he was auditory because he kept going, do, he was making sounds, do, three, three, two, two, and turn, turn, turn. And she says, you have to show me. He says, no, I've, and he got really angry. He said, I've been teaching people to dance for 25 years. And Kate says, well, not everybody, you know, she she had a bang on the reason. Uh Now, she has eight kids. And, and here's the math. There are four communication styles, four ways that people like to receive information. One of them is very dominant for each of us, and it's different. It's our favorite way. And one of them is our challenge. So John and Kate plus eight, or Kate with her eight kids. So mm-hmm. it, the probability of all of those kids processing one way is zero. The probability that two of them are auditory, which is one style, two of them are visual, two of them are kinesthetic, and two of them are digital. They're thinkers. That's a new term for some people. So whether you're Kate dealing with eight different kids or whether you're a coach and you're dealing with different clients, whether you're a seminar leader like me and you have 1,200 people in the room or whether you're a doctor and one-on-one or whether you're a wife or a husband or a girlfriend or boyfriend, if you want to get excellent results from somebody else and you want to make sure your communication is nice and clear, the best way to do that is to make sure that you're talking in a way that they can res- resonate to, that makes sense for them or feels good for them. So here's what I'd like to do. Now, even when I was coaching one-on-one, on people's yeah. file folders in the top right-hand corner was their style. Ah, they, very good. There was A for auditory, V for visual, a K for kinesthetic, and D for digital. Because not only do they respond to, and I'm just going to take a little brief here. In my book, I spend a lot of time talking about the styles. Then I have sections, how to coach them, what to assign yeah. them at meetings, what kind of homework to give them, 
you know, uh, what if you're a teacher? What if you're a trainer? What if you're a parent? What if you're a website? So all the different sections and how to do that. So uh, for coaches, and uh, not, well, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to do anybody that has a client, people coming into yeah. your office or calling you on the phone. So there's four different yeah. styles. So if people are taking notes, they might find it helpful. So some of them are quite obvious. Everybody's heard about people that are visual. Now, here's what I want everyone to hear. It doesn't mean that you like to paint or you like to take yeah. pictures. Visual is, in, in, in my teaching, the, the, the question is, how do I like to receive information? So you need to give it to, and I'm in my strongest suit is visual. So if you're trying to explain something to me, here, and uh, the best way to do it is on a piece of paper. Or you could say, just go down the street and turn left when you get to the restaurant and drive by Walmart, and I'm on the left. But if you said this, I'm on 128th Avenue, east north of 7th Street. Oh, that just... It just hurts my head to hear that because I can't <laughs> process all those numbers. So yeah. visual, they're the first group. Now, people are saying, well, how do I tell what group people fall into? They will give themselves away. I want you to tell me what words I'm using, the, the common words that are visual when I say, um, uh, oh, I see what you mean. What's the word? See. See. Yeah. Well, how does this look like? How does this look to you, Louise? Look. Look. Uh, I see what you mean. Okay, that's clear. Well, that's a little fuzzy. You see how they're all visual words? Ah, it's this descriptive visual yeah. words. Yeah. So what's the big picture? Nice. Okay, I can pinpoint yeah. that. Oh, this is clear for me now. Okay, I see. Good. And you know how we end? You know how we end emails and phone conversations? You try to see if you can guess it. You, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> I have had people email me back and say, are we meeting? Where, where am I seeing you later? So to me, that's an example of somebody that does not understand visual communication at all, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So number one way how to find out what people's style is, they'll give it away in their commonly used words. So for visual, they use words like see and look, appear, view. Big picture, little picture, focus, fuzzy, clear. I see what you mean. This looks good to me. So let's go back to me doing a seminar. I have 1,200 people in there. Well, I can't guess who they all are, but I will say this. Is this clear for everybody? Now, if I only ask that question, there's some people that don't know what that means. They'll say clear. Right. One time I was doing a teleclass, and I said this on the class. So is everybody getting the picture? And you know what a woman asked me? Did you email one? I didn't get a picture. Are you emailing it? Let me fresh my email. And I laughed, but I thought, you know what? Bless her heart. She had the right to say that. Yes, I said, did you get the picture? And she said, I didn't get it. Hold on. Stop. Is it in my email? Uh -huh. I'm going to repeat this again. There's four styles. One of them is very dominant. One is very weak. So we just talked about visual. Yeah. So if I was, uh, if I was a coach... I would want to know what my client style was, and if they were visual, I would say, okay, so how does that look to you? Can you see yourself doing this in the next seven days? What's that picture look like for you? And you'll know when you match their style when what happens when you get instant answers. If I ask somebody that was kinesthetic, you know, touchy-feely, if I say, how does that look for you? You know what they say? Yeah. Hmm, how does that look for me? When yeah, they repeat the question, that means they have to process it. It wasn't instant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. That makes so much sense, Michael. And in fact, this is making me realize right now how important this is to establish at the beginning of any relationship that we create, um, yes. whether it's in business or even in our personal relationships, um, that we we already get an instant ahead, you know, with uh, with you know establishing a really powerful connection. Yes. Well, I'll tell you another little story about customers and clients. This could deal with anybody that has a customer or client. Uh, I bought a new condo. It has a built-in fireplace. The fireplace itself is all stainless steel uh, frames around it. It's quite beautiful. And above it, it has a place for the television, a flat-screen TV. So I go to the flat-screen TV store, and I walk in. I'm, I'm looking around because I'm visual, and I see the one I like. It's black, and you know what, around the border? It's a stainless steel frame around the border. I thought, oh, 
that's going to match my fireplace. That was my number one concern. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. So I go and I look at it. The salesperson comes over, and I said, I like this one. And I said, the silver around it will match my fireplace really nicely. He said, oh, but we got the XL170 HGTV BB on sale. It's about $100 cheaper, and it's bigger. I said, well, I like this one. I like the look of this one. This will look good in my place. Oh, but this one's got a two-year warranty and on part and on all this detail. And he really broke rapport with me. It's like, hello, you've already sold the TV. Now, <laughs> he did. He already sold the TV, and now he's bothering me with... Yeah, now he's bothering me with with um, guarantees and pixels. I don't care. A good salesperson would have said, "So you, you think that's going to match your your fireplace?" I said, and I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Awesome." Well, you know what? This sounds like it, it looks like it's the perfect one for you. Done. So I want everyone to hear it. If your client's visual, they don't like lots of details. They like the big picture. Okay, we have three other styles to do. It's interesting, Michael, because you know my um, moniker for my business is the Keys to Clarity Coach. Yes. So just even clarity, um, you know, is indicating that part of my style is visual. Yes. The main. (laughs) Now, last week I was on a radio show where the host was the host was kinesthetic. So we're going to talk about that group next. Kinesthetic is are the touchy feely people. Now, they like to process information through their feelings. As a matter of fact, they need to get a gut feeling about something. So my friend Linda, she's kinesthetic. I would say, hey, so Linda, um, how do you feel? Like, and I don't use the word, by the way, you know the four styles? My last one is kinesthetic. So for me to use yeah. a feeling word is so awkward. It isn't right. now. At first I would say, so Linda, how, does, um, how would it feel to do this? And I thought, oh, my God, that sounded so weird. She would say, I love that. That's an excellent idea. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. In other words, even though it's not a word that I used, I, I changed my vocabulary to have a better relationship with Linda. Now, here's some key words that uh, kinesthetic people use. Well, they use feeling, connect. Mm-hmm. They grasp, you know, I'm using my hands now. They grasp onto ideas. They can get a handle on something. You know, it needs to fit for them. They like to use the word complete, stay in touch. Mm. Now, they're the touchy-feelies. They're the ones that, leave, that end their emails by saying, hugs, connect later. Okay. We'll connect with you later. We'll chat later. Got it. Yeah. So, uh, and again, they will give themselves away in their languaging as well. They'll say, mm-hmm. you know, if I went uh, TV shopping and somebody come in, I would say, well, I feel I need something like this, and I feel this would work better for me. And so the salesperson would say, oh, they're kinesthetic. I want to I serve my kinesthetic client. And they would say, so uh, how would a price range between this and this feel? Would that be comfortable for you? See how I did two words in there? Would that fit? Yeah. Something under 1500 fit? Okay, good. Okay, good. So, yeah, it's feeling good for me, too. So... In other words, um, you're, I'm using the word appeasing, but I mean that respectfully. You're appeasing them. It's like, I want to get good results from all the relationships I'm in. So, you know, I wouldn't want to break rapport with them and talk in a different style than theirs. Yes. Now, coaches... So you're giving them what they actually want, aren't you? Ultimately, it's, it's, it's much more comfortable for them to communicate in that way. So, you know, there's one... You know, one might ask the, the, the question, you know, is, is using this kind of languaging manipulative? But at the same time, if you have the right intention of, around well, creating a comfortable platform for these people to communicate what they really need. Yes. Well, manipulating is not a bad word. We just have a connotation about it. It is, I am right. manipulating my conversation so I get better results from somebody else. I manipulate things yeah. all the time. I manipulate the dishes in my dishwasher so they fit better. Right? It's just the whole mm-hmm. context around the word manipulation for sure. Right. Right. So back to our kinesthetic friend. Yes. Back to our kinesthetic friend. This is for all the coaches mm-hmm. and all the client all the people that are in the service industry. 
you know, when I was when I was coaching, when I was coaching, I had a visual student. Here's here's uh, visual client. Here's what's important, and we're going to go back to visual and then to kinesthetic. Visual people start on time, end on time, be on time. Period. Time is the biggest value for visual people. One minute late is late. And if you say you're going to stop at five, stop at five. And if you don't already notice it or you might see the pattern, when I had visual clients, I only did half-hour coaching sessions with them. Ah. Not hours, just a half-hour with them. And you know what they like to do? They like to talk about their status. Here's ten things I did. Here's five things I'm doing. Boom, boom, boom. See you later. Thanks for the support. Ah, that's so if you have a, auto, a visual client, it's much more laser. It's much more laser. Is it's it, very lazy. Much more laser. Yeah, yeah. Now let's that's go to the opposite spectrum and talk about kinesthetic people. They have to process the information, so you can't be laser with them. Mm. And when you want to support the kinesthetic person, you can ask them this question: How can I support you? And I'll tell you the the answer before they give it. Do it with them. When I had kinesthetic clients, I would give them homework, and they, would, they wouldn't get it done. And I would say, so what would make you get it done? They said, well, if you would do it for me. So sometimes, you know, the work I would get done with the visual client would be packed with stuff. The work I would get done with the kinesthetic client, we might only do one thing, but we would complete it together. They'd say, well, I need to work on this. And I said, and I said well, could we do it together? I said, oh, I'd love to do it together. Because kinesthetic people, their highest value is relationships. So they like to do stuff together. They like to do it in relationship. This is fascinating, really, Michael. It shines such a light on some of my clients already. Thank you. And you know, you know, you have a kinesthetic client, right? You can tell they're, you know, they're a little bit breathy. You know, they take their time, and uh, they have to process, get a gut feeling for the answer. And you can hear by a lot of the words they use: comfortable, fit complete yeah. feeling, yeah. sense, you know, they use those kind of words. So, uh, And also just in what you just said, you know, in that, um, you know, if they fill out the prep form or whether they do it with you, whether you do it with them, you know, that, yes. that, that is a reflection of who they are. It's not a, it, there's no good or bad in that. It's just that that is what they need in that moment. Yeah. Um, or that's what they need in terms of who they are. And a kinesthetic client could, could uh, agitate a non-kinesthetic client because they want to take their time. And same with a, a non-visual client could tick off a visual student or a um, yeah. coach, rather. So here's one thing yeah. to understand about your kinesthetic clients is, I want to use the word don't on purpose, don't give them lots of choices. In other words, don't take them to a 51-flavor ice cream store. They'll never decide. You don't say to them, <laughs> okay, I've got seven things I'd like you to choose one. No, give them two. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason why is kind of funny I'm going to say this a little tongue-in-cheek. They don't want to hurt the feeling of the thing they don't choose. Ah. They're, they're that sensitive. So my friend Linda, I wouldn't say, oh, when it, got, when it comes time to having lunch with her, I decide. I said, hey, let's go for lunch and we'll connect. Do you want to, they love that word. Hey, do you want to connect <laughs> over lunch? I love that. And I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to be downtown. Why don't we meet at Milestones about 2 o'clock? In other words, well, what time? Mm, I don't know. What's good for you? So sometimes you have to be very directive. Oh, and yeah. if you give them too much choices, then they get, they get into overwhelm, which is a feeling of... I was just thinking, Michael, of mm. two kinesthetic people trying to make a decision together. Oh, it takes forever. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, my, my, in, in a seminar, I can tell the styles by where they sit. I'm generalizing. Oh. Yeah, the visual set up front, mm-hmm. right? They process information fast. They usually answer all the questions out loud, and mostly because they're highly distracted if they're in their back of the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know who the kinesthetics are. You know why? Their chair is off to the side a little bit. It's crooked. They sometimes have a blanket and pillows and teddy bears and coffee mugs and water bottles. And, you know, they're... <laughs> You know the people I'm talking about, right? Their physical comfort is very important to them. And they also don't like when the room's crowded, so they'll go off to the side or they'll set up a little station at the back of the room. Most facilitators would be annoyed by that, but I thought, oh, he's highly kinesthetic. He needs a space and his comfort's important to him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have the visual really student. and the. Now, let's pretend I'm at a seminar right now, and, I, and I've just taught you two styles. I have 
visual styles and kinesthetic. But I want to check in with the group to find out how they're doing. I might say this. Okay, is everybody getting a picture so far? Does this feel okay? You see how I piece the two groups? Yes. And each right, group right, right. will say yes mm-hmm. in response to me matching their style. Yeah, is everyone good. getting a picture? Is this clear? Okay. Is everybody catching on and the, nodding? Yes. The visuals are saying out loud, yes. And the kinesthetics are nodding their head because they like to move. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just laughing so much, um, Michael, because I can, I I can, because I I think I'm a mixture of both of those two, you know, yeah. and, and it's just I I see myself in in uh, what you're describing. It's so hilarious, yeah. and I can see other people in my life as well who, who okay. do exactly what it is that you're doing. So it's yeah, good. Well, it's all great. fun. It's all fun to learn. I'm just going to recap mm-hmm. again. There's four styles. Yeah. One of them is very dominant, which is our friendly one. We usually like people that are like us, right? It's like, oh, my God, I met, Lu- I met Louise today. She's so much fun. And I would say, yeah, she's the same style as you. Right? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them is the weakest. And it's the people that challenge us the most. I don't mean challenge in a bad way, but it's the one where we, we get a little communication challenges with them sometimes. So we need yeah. to know a lot about our weakest style. We already know a lot about our, our favorite style. But, you know, in other words, I have to, my kinesthetic friends, I need to, I need to speak slower with them. I can't talk so fast. I need to give them time to process an information until they get a gut feeling for something. Yeah. And I have awesome relationships with everybody because of what I know about that. Um, okay, uh, style number one, not number one, but the first one we discussed was visual. The second style was kinesthetic. The third style are auditory people. Now, auditory meaning words and ears, right? Anything to do with sound. So here's, here's words they like. They like the word sound, I'll put it in a sense, how does that sound? Does it sound okay? They love the question, tell me. You know, they love to talk. So tell me. Uh-huh. Okay. Does this ring a bell? Is this clicking? Uh-huh. They use those, you know, they're, you know, the... Uh, sound that, words. Kind yeah. Sound words. Okay. And here's an important uh-huh. word, uh, is the word resonate. Now, you might say something feels good. You might say... Ah, this feels good to me. If you ask an auditory person, how does that feel? They'll eventually say, well, you know what? It resonates with me. So resonate is a feeling word for auditory. Now, resonate really means resonance, which is really a sound. So you can see how it all ties in together. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Or I I hear you. (laughs) I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And sometimes auditory people, they'll repeat themselves until you say, I hear you. Okay, if you're a coach and you have an auditory client, one of the challenges of auditory people, well, that's actually their gift that turns into a challenge. Their gift is their great ideas people. Their challenge is they keep jumping ideas. They go from one idea to another project to another project, and they can be very frustrating to coach, but I know the secret. I've had auditory clients first, and when you get on the call, they cannot wait to tell you all the new ideas and all the things that they've done around a different project. So here's what's important with your auditory client. Let them tell you everything and give them five minutes just to dump all their new ideas and say, okay, well, that's, that sounds great, and today we're focusing on this project. And they'll feel okay with that because they got to have a voice. That is so important right. to auditory people. They need to be heard. Wonderful. And sometimes, that's a great tip, Michael. Pardon me? Mm-hmm. I said that's such a great tip that you've just shared with us. Yes, uh, they it need really to be heard. It really empowers them and, and gets them to, to the place mm-hmm. of being able to move into something else when they've actually been able to download like that. Yes. Beautiful. And they're good improvers, and they love to make things better. And, and uh, so they have lots of good ideas, but you need to hear them. They also like if you help them with the plan because they're so scattered. You know, mm-hmm. and I've coached hundreds of people, and I've used this model, and I would talk to an auditory client and I said, so would it sound like a good idea? Okay, how tailored is that sentence? Would it sound like a good idea if we put a plan together for this project? They would say yes, and a plan like step-by-step. Step, they'd love to have that, and that's what helps them out a lot. Now, for anybody that's auditory, or if you're a client or customer or boyfriend or girlfriend's auditory, they will often say this expression. 
ah, that sounds like a good idea. Did you hear me say yes to that idea or no to that idea? I didn't hear you say anything. Well, a lot of people, if, if I, I said, hey, do you want to go to the movie? You'll say, hey, that sounds like a great idea. What would a lot of people hear in that? Yes. So then you call your friend and you show up at the door and say, hey, I'm ready for the movie. They say, what movie? Well, you said you wanted to go. I said, I didn't say I wanted to go. I just said it sounded like a good idea. And listen, they really mean that it sounded like a good idea, not to be confused with. And auditory people right now, they're red-faced, some of them, because they say, oh, my God, that gets me in trouble a lot. So I have two auditory friends, and they'll say, that sounds like a good idea, and I'll take responsibility and say, so does that mean that you're coming over or not? Nah, I don't think so, not tonight. I'm thinking, this is so weird because I just heard you said it, you know. So, and for auditory people, when you tell people it sounds like a good idea, then you can finish it off by saying, hey, that sounds like a good idea. And, yes, I'd like to go. In other words, find a way to say the yes or no. And I have saved marriages over this one. Wow. I've also saved marriages by teaching the other person to just say, okay, I hear what you're saying. This is what I heard you say. Mm-hmm. And, of course, for some of us, that's bulky. It's uncomfortable to do that. But if you want to have a good relationship, that's how you do it. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. So auditory mm-hmm. people hear, Great sounds thought. like, clicks, resonance, resonates. Mm-hmm. Even the word idea or improve, they're happy words for them as well. Right. Okay, let's pretend I'm in a seminar. I've just taught an important point. I want to get feedback. I want you to hear the three styles. By the way, the audience doesn't hear the three styles. Just you do. Here's the three styles. Okay, is this looking good for everybody? Good? Everyone feeling okay? Is this sound okay? It's like boom, boom, boom. And nobody knows it but them. They hear their style, and that's all they need. raising the same question just in the way that they need to hear it. Yes. It's just matching them. It's, it's, it's appeasing to their style. It's um, being generous to, you know, it's, it's caring about how to give them the, mo- the best information possible. Right. Yeah. Definitely. That's wonderful. Good. So we've talked about visual, kinesthetic, auditory. Now, some people are thinking, I've heard the styles, but the next one they didn't hear before, or in most cases, most people mm-hmm. didn't hear it. And it is the style called digital. Mm. Digital. And it's really called... Yeah, it's really called auditory digital. And what that means, digital is like a clock. You know, 11, 11, 11, 12, 11, 13. Can you hear how that's very sequential? Mm-hmm. So digital people, they are the thinkers. You notice we haven't talked about thinking yet. We talked about seeing, touching, and hearing. But there's the fourth one, which is the thinkers. So a lot of people in the past would have resistance to being pigeonholed to one of these styles and in most cases, it's because they didn't fit, because they didn't know about the fourth style. Mm. So here's commonly used words that this group uses. Remember, they're the thinkers, so they like words like, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this? Sequence, order, function, chapters, sections, sequencing. Huh. Got it. Right. So uh, if I'm talking to somebody... Uh, Oh, and the other thing is that they need lots of time to process information. And sometimes it will be the next day. They'll say, you know, I've been thinking about what you asked me yesterday. Uh And, and of course, I'm visual, so I want an answer now. (laughs) But, you know, my sister who works for me full time, she's digital. And I would say, so I'd like to talk about this. And she'll say, okay, let me think about that. It's like, "Uh, no, I want an answer now. But I've had to learn how to work with that. So now, in, in advance of our meeting, I'll, I'll word it this way. I'd like you to be thinking about A, B, and C. And then by the time we meet, she's processed all of that information and came up with some guides that have done a really good job. But to get digital people to think on the spot is a challenge for them. Uh, that's interesting. Yes. It's interesting because I was on a, I was a guest um, speaker on a mastermind group recently, and there was a woman there who it felt like she was in complete resistance all the time with whatever it was we were chatting about. 
And then I spoke to the coach who was running the um, mastermind group who had invited me. And, I, and we had a conversation after the night. And, um, and I said to her, you know, does this woman actually, is it just about her processing what we, we discuss and then, you know, having um, a, an opinion about it later? Um, and she said, totally, this woman, it feels like she's constantly in that space of not um, taking on or, or not um, participating in any way in, in, the, in, in the conversation. And yet, a day later, she's implemented everything. That's right. Now, <laughs> even in my seminar, uh, digital people don't ask questions. Or they, no, sorry, they don't volunteer answers unless they're asked. Uh-huh. And they sit at the back of the room. They observe, and they don't trust me right away, but I'll ask this, and I do it intentionally. I'd like to hear from somebody at the back of the room. What are you thinking? And then they all sit up, and they love it. They just need to be asked. And if your husband or wife is um, digital, you need to, not you, I'm talking to everybody, we need to say, Mm -hmm. we need to learn to give them time to process it. Over dinner, you might say, hey, I'd like you to be thinking about where we can go for dinner Tuesday. And they, they, sometimes they don't even acknowledge you just said anything. It's like, hello, did you hear me? And it's like, yeah, they're just processing it. And they'll come back the next day and say, you know what, I've been thinking about uh, dinner. You can also say to them, you know, I'd like you to be thinking in the next 10 minutes about where we can go for dinner and give them that time to process the information. Nice. And uh, I've saved marriages with that one too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think, I think there might be something like that going on in with my husband because um you know often he feels like i've already made a decision when i when we have a conversation and i think he actually needs mm-hmm. that that processing yes well i want you to get in the habit of saying well, what do you yes. think about that what are your thoughts what are your th- what, yes, are, what are exactly. your thoughts about that yeah <laughs> i need to manage and, that better <laughs> yeah and you'll 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 find that he'll answer the question really fast what do you think about uh, that what are your thoughts on this Mm-hmm. And here's his most favorite, I don't know if it's him, but here's digital's most favorite expression. Well, that makes sense. Mm. And they'll nod their head, that makes sense. So they yeah. love if it makes sense. A lot yeah. of people think the word sense means feeling, but it's not. That makes sense. Huh. And one of their biggest uh, challenges is trusting people. Uh-huh. So you need to earn their trust, and if you break rapport with them, it's kind of kind of hard to get back at it but you know i have digital i have all styles in my life and i have digital people in my life and you know i went to maui in january with three friends and we were all different styles boy did i have to pull out my workbook (laughs) and trying to make a decision i i said well there's no you know we have we were in maui so trying to plan where to go and i knew one friend was kinesthetic and i thought keep him away from the decisions because we won't make any so, you know, kinesthetic people love the word fun. That is a high value yeah. for them. So I said to my friend Scott, I said, Scott, won't it be fun when somebody plans this whole vacation for us? I did that on purpose. And he mm. said, you know what, that'll be fun just to experience all that. So I said, you know what, let mm. them decide what we're going to do today. Because I knew if he got in there, he wouldn't be able to make a decision. Right? And my other friend Greg, he was Very the planner. Clever. He was the digital. He had the map and he was doing the research and so I would I'd say so, and we'd have a meeting over breakfast. We call it our, our our breakfast meeting, and I would say, Greg, okay, Greg, I want you to present the plan today. You know, we had lots of fun with all that, and of course, I'm visual and I needed to see stuff. And but some oh, people want to do stuff slower, and some people want to do stuff faster, and some people want to talk, and some people want to listen to music, and you know, there's just mm. all those dynamics involved. Mm. Now let's go over. Right. Uh, Pretend we're coaches again. We got four styles. I want to tell you the four styles. Visual people, they like quick, efficient, on-time meetings, start on time, end on time. They will likely just want to tell you their status because they're visionaries already. They don't really need help putting a vision together. What they like to do, and I have a guy that I meet every Friday for lunch, and that's what I do. I go prepare with my list. We love a list. Here's the 21 things I worked on this week. Here's five things that I'm working on in the future. Let's have lunch. And sometimes he says, that's all you need me for. I said, yeah, that's all I need you for. So that's how you coach somebody visual. Somebody auditory, your challenge will be to keep them on track. So planning with them is important, but also giving them the time at the beginning of the conversation just to get out their new ideas. They're going to want to chat and talk about that. 
uh, and even to ask you know, ask them questions. What do you think about that? What you know? What did you learn? You know, what would you do differently next time? Just some good coaching questions. Yeah. The third group is kinesthetic. Uh, they like to do stuff together because they're all about relationships. Uh, uh-huh. They always like. To, it's always good to ask them if they feel complete. So if we're having a chat about something, before I move on to another subject, I would say, so does this feel complete? And they'll say, mm, not yet. I have one more question. Or they'll say, yeah, you know what? This feels complete. Thanks. Because yeah. if you don't complete it, it's a leftover. You know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of dangling out there, and it's like it's occupying their mind. So relationships are important. Doing stuff together with them. They like, you know, they like timelines. They probably like to meet in person, which is a challenge for some coaches. You know, when I coached in Victoria, I would only ever meet kinesthetic people because uh-huh. relationship was important to them. So they wanted to connect. Right. The fourth group is digital. They're the thinkers. They're the processors. What's helpful to do with them is help them to sequence the things that they need to do, put them in sequence and put them in order. And that was really helpful for them. And they like to be asked questions. So and if you ask them questions, I'll answer them and giving them time to process information as well. Awesome, so Michael. there are the four kinds of ways to uh, coach your different clients. So yeah. on my website... It's very, it's powerful yeah. even with you know, someone who's a practitioner of some kind, not necessarily a coach, but to have that understanding mm-hmm. of how you're communicating with your clients so you get the best results with whatever it is that you're doing. They're just so invested in what you're doing with them in that moment. Yes. Yeah. Yes, on my website, which is lawofconnectionbook.com, there is the online assessment there to find out your own style. You can do that for free and learn more about your style and the style of other people. Now, somebody like you that's been married for a while, you probably have a sense or kind of an idea of your partner's style, but now I want you to put it into practice. <laughs> Start using the yeah, word I'm think and style. Yeah. You've just raised my awareness. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I I knew about these styles before, but you know, you just put it in a very different perspective for me. So that's it's really yeah. great, Michael. Yeah. Well, it's like law of attraction. When I wrote law, it's one thing to know about it, but what do you do with it? Mm. You have to apply it. Yeah. Same with this. It's one exactly. thing to know about it, but it's not good if you're not going to apply it. So, you know, that's why yeah. I call myself the how-to guy. <laughs> it's about how do I apply <laughs> this information? You know, and so whether you you're a trainer. Great job or, doing it, Michael. What's that? That's Thank you. Doing a great job. Yeah. And <laughs> I've you know, got a even quick, uh, question. Okay. Go ahead, Michael. Well, I was saying even parents, uh, parents with kids, you know, uh, trying to g- uh, get your kid to clean up the room. You could say something like this. You know, for visual students, you could say, "So, can you see getting your room done in about twenty minutes? Because I love time. Can you see you doing that?" Yeah. So a parent would learn how to uh, language the question to different their different uh, children with different styles. Yeah. Okay, you said you had a question? Very powerful. Yeah, there's a question in the chat room. Um, uh, what, uh, the um, person says, do, do the NLP categories hold true in other cultures? I know in Asia, even when they say yes, it doesn't mean that they agree, just that they acknowledge what you said. Yes. Well, yes isn't part of a style, but my books, for example, is published in 18 languages. It's like law of attraction. The words don't, not, and no are are mm-hmm. convertible <laughs> to any or trans, translatable to every subject. And the same with this, regardless, you know, there's the styles. And uh, okay. so, you know, I go to different countries. I teach the same work. It's always the same. They, mm-hmm. Everybody gives themselves away by using a common group of words. Some people are balanced, and you're thinking, wow, they're using visual and auditory words. And sometimes they're, the more balanced the other person is, the easier they are, they are to communicate to. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I think I have a few of these styles going on. Yeah. Well, you'll know when you do the the assessment. Say, oh, yes, okay, I'm this looking is... forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Now I've heard you say looking forward a number of times, so ah. my indicator that that's probably a high one for you. Yeah. yeah it's funny special. when I I travel a lot and people say, "Oh, are you excited?" Which is a kinesthetic word. Are you excited about going to Italy? And the truth is, mm-hmm. I'm not really excited, but I'm looking forward to it. But that's my way of saying I'm excited. Uh-huh. Well, people say, aren't you excited? I said, well, I'm looking forward to going. Well, what does that mean? But to a visual person, it means I'm excited about it without using the feeling word. Yeah, interesting. That's I remember right. I, I had a coach once who was very kinesthetic. And remember I said fun was a high value? So my uh-huh. coach would say, okay, so what are we going to play with today? Where are we going to have fun? It's like, 
Uh, no. <laughs> We're not playing or having fun. We're going to be laser-like and get lots of work done. But that's because I'm kinesthetic last. So to say, let's have fun with this, it's like, oh, brother, no, let's get to work. So we have to be very sensitive to, our, you know, this is calibrating again, right? What is the words I'm using, and is it matching the words that my client likes to hear? Right. Yeah. You know, I go to the gym four times a week, and I've been going with my trainer for two years, so I'm often giving him little tips about something. <laughs> I'll overhear a conversation about him and his girlfriend or a, a challenge he's having. I say, well, and I've even asked, I told his girlfriend, because she works in the gym too, I said, because I hear them talking about stuff, and, and he gets flustered because she wants information from him right away. And I said, yeah. her name's Shelly. I said, Shelly, I want you to try this. I want you to say to Nick, Nick, can you be thinking about this? And so he's doing something. She says, Nick, can you be thinking about this? He'll, he'll say, yeah. And she never even get a response in the past. So she's winking at me, right? But what she, she doesn't know, I've also taught him how to speak to her because she's visual, right? And he wanted to go down and wanted to go somewhere to some competition. And he didn't know how to ask her. And I said, ask her if she can see herself going with you. Can you see yourself coming to L.A. with me? And she would say, no, I don't really see myself doing that. Or, yeah, I see myself doing that. So she doesn't know that I'm coaching him on the side. And, I'm co- and he doesn't know that I'm coaching her. So I think one night they might have a little chat and I'll get busted. But I'm helping their relationship. That's important. <laughs> and even what on my website. Go ahead. What's that, Michael? Well, even on websites, you know, if, sometimes if the website's too kinesthetic, you know, I was on a show, a radio show last week, and the host was so kinesthetic. Oh, she kept using words like, well, you know, it's in the universal power, and, the, and, and I thought, oh, brother. So remember, if it's turning me off, it's turning other people off, too. So too much kinesthetics, too much. <laughs> too much visuals, too much. Too much auditory, too much. So the words on your website need to engage, you know, the questions need to engage all the styles and so on. And in my book, there's a chapter on that, too, how to appease all the groups on your website. Very you good. You said there's a question in the room? Uh, yes, and I, I, uh, I read um, half your book, so I'm halfway through, so I'm looking forward to uh, reading that. But uh, one of the questions was um, discussing the combinations of, of, the, um, of the different styles. So he says he guessed one must be, one's most dominant under pressure, though. But I think it's generally one's most dominant and then the other's, there'll be one or two that might show up as well. Well, you know, you could have two. You'd always have one dominant, one weakest. But the second one, like the the scores go from 1 to 25. So maybe your first score was 26 and the second one was 25. They're close, but one point still separates the styles. So I might, now right now in my communication lately or last few years, even right now, I'm using lots of styles. And sometimes I'm being very deliberate about that. So I'm, I'm quite balanced now, but... Uh, in other scenarios in the past, I might not have been. So somebody might do the test and say, hey, I got two scores the same. It's like, that's okay. It just means you're balanced in that area. doesn't mean you're better. It just means that you don't have to do as much work to, to match other communicators. So, so Michael, um, does that mean that we can, you know, if we work at this um, consciously, that we could actually balance ourselves out more, um, you know, to, to communicate, you know, in a more you know, intuitive, unconscious way, you know, that yes. it's like driving a car, you know, we, once we've learned how to drive it, we forget, you know, yes. what we're actually doing in the car. Well, I would say yes, and comma, when you need to. So if I meet somebody, one of my friends, and we're hitting it off like a house on fire, I don't need to fix it. But if I meet somebody, and I'm feeling frustration, or I say, what time is it? And they say, yellow, Right. See, the, the, the answer that you get is always relative to the question that you ask. It's really showing the communication. So if my communication isn't going well or somebody I'm meeting for the first time, then I want to turn on my sensors a little bit and thinking, uh-oh, this right. isn't going very well. I better pay attention. But I've, okay. I've learned how to do that a little bit quicker now. So even when I meet somebody for the first time, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll listen to them and thinking, I have fun with it too. I can watch TV with the exception of, like, you know, a Barack Obama and so on, his stuff is written for him. So normally if somebody's ad-libbing a speech, they'll give themselves away. But when it's written for them, you can't really tell because it's, sometimes it's not their words. Mm. But you can watch somebody on TV and play the game. You know, I used to do a, 
I used to teach this seminar before Law of Attraction, and uh, there was a place called Business Victoria, and I'd bring a TV, um, a television show, and we'd we'd watch The View or something, <laughs> or you know, Price is Right or just something, and people would they'd you know because I really wanted people to get used to hearing the words, and I would say, so what style do you think Bob Barker is? And we'd listen for a bit, and they'd say, wow, we use lots of feeling words. Well, he must be kinesthetic. In other words, it's part of, it's part of practicing. Here's new information. Now I need to keep it in my consciousness and, and practice and learn how to use it better. But the best place to start is with your mates and your kids. And everybody yeah. can do that, that tonight. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of fun with us. <laughs> so, um, Michael, I, I want to um, get, just give you the opportunity to share anything that might be coming up or if there's anything. I know we talked about giving away a book on the show, which would be wonderful. Yes, um, if you want to. I have the book Law of Connection. If you want to make arrangements, we can draw one of those books. Beautiful. Beautiful. And anybody that's on... I, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, if you, anyone out there who would like to um, have the opportunity to have a book sent to you um, by Michael, and, and I'm sure that you would autograph it as well. Yeah, I can Michael. mail it from here. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, just to email louise at keystoclarity.com um, and uh, in the header put um, law of connection and um, I'll know that you've sent in a... Um, a request for that book, and I'll do a draw um, for the the lucky person who gets that from Michael. So thank you so much, Michael, for that. Good. Appreciate that. And I'm and, and I'm just going to repeat the well. the sequence of events for the digitals oh. and kinesthetics. So, just a reminder: send an email to Louise at Clarity. Keys to Clarity. Yeah, keys to Clarity, and in the subject, write Law oh. of Connection. Two things. And ideally, you would uh, do it soon, and then from there, you'll, you'll draw a random prize. We'll get the a mailing address. I'll sign the book, and we'll mail it. But I do want to talk, talk about relationships. I've just created this new free thing. I've taken a live seminar on law of attraction that I filmed in Vancouver. I broke it into five mini videos. So now it's a five-session virtual series, and I designed a workbook to go with it. I've broken down the one-hour video into five segments, and on the screen, we type in the text and the learning, plus you use the workbook, and it's called How to Attract Your Ideal Relationship at Home and at Work Using Law of Attraction. And you get a, you get a free, uh, it's five videos, and you get one every three days. So, in other words, there's homework in between each step. I could give you the one-hour video and get you to watch it, but you wouldn't retain anything. So it's broken down yeah. with the workbook, with homework, and it lasts a five-week period. It's free. Wonderful. Yeah, so where so, would they find that, Michael? Well, uh, they can go to my uh, website, which is lawofattractionbook.com. I'll say yes. it again, lawofattractionbook.com. Uh, or my fan page on Facebook. Now, that's a really valuable resource. I, could, I do videos oh, and audios and interviews <laughs> and all the Oprah interviews I do. We put them out there. So, oh, fantastic. Uh, just type in fan page, Michael Loger, L-O-S-I-E-R, and add yourself and be a recipient of all this great stuff. The truth oh, is, I don't have I don't have anything for sale. I don't sell anything. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is great, and what a wonderful resource for everyone to to uh, to connect with and and um, experience. So thank you. That's wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Michael. I really appreciate your being here this evening. You're welcome. Um, and uh, it's been such a pleasure having you back on the show. You're a mine of information, and you know, really. Um, Really wonderful uh, information we can apply, fairly, you know, pretty instantly. And I encourage everyone out there to go to the lawofconnectionbook.com to go and do the assessment. Um, I think that'll be a lot of fun, and I would love to hear your comments. If you just comment on my Facebook um, fan page as well, um, which is Keys to Clarity, comment and let me know what what your assessments came out like that would be great or you can do it on the uh, profile page of the sh- of this show yeah. um, there's a little comment box there too yes. yeah. yeah and a good question is what did you learn in other words, what did I learn yes. about my style and what am I going to do differently yes that's great what did I learn Thanks, and what am Michael. I going to do differently yeah. Yeah. yeah well I had a delightful so time any, again thank you Michael and any any last Last um, nugget that you'd like to share before we finish, or would you say that uh, that question is it? I would say that communication is the response you get. 
So just pay attention to the responses you get, and that's a sign of your communication. So uh, is it good? Or are people telling you a color when you ask them what time it is? And like all those other little models. So, um, you know, whatever you're getting for feedback is matching the input that you gave it. Right. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much, Michael, again, and um, I look forward to connecting with you again in the future, and uh, good luck with all your projects and things that you're doing. I know that um, they're all really awesome, and, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing more. Thank you. Okay, thank you. All right. Good night, everyone. Have Bye-bye. a great week. Don't forget that you can email us, email me at louise at keys to clarity and put law of connection in the title to go in for the draw. For this evening um, to get um, a signed copy of uh, Michael's um, wonderful new book, which will really give you a lot more insight into what he was, he's been talking about tonight. So that's great. And um, next week, um, uh, next week's show is still uh, to be decided. Um, so I will update you as soon as I have that information. The following week, we have um, Inner Peace Coach Mary Allen. So I'm really excited to have her on the show. Um, so we've still got lots of wonderful things coming up. So have a wonderful week, and um, I look forward to connecting with you soon. And, of course, find me on Facebook, um, on my fan page, Keys to Clarity, um, or friend me at louise.crooks on Facebook. And um, you can always go to my website as well, which is uh, keystoclarity.com. All right, everyone, have a great week, and we'll speak soon, and have fun with that assessment. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.